This is the Sergio Rodriguez Show. Welcome, everybody, to the Sergio Rodriguez Show, a show unlike any other. Today, a big treat for all New York basketball fans. Because, let's be honest, the last two weeks in New York have been dominated by St. John's basketball. And joining me today is the athletic director of the greatest university in the United States of America, Mr. Mike Craig. Coach, Mr. Craig, how are you? I better uh, bring the energy here, Sergio. This is uh, quite an introduction, and uh, I'm doing great. It's uh, been a a wild couple weeks, as you said, and we're thrilled and excited, and I think we can see the captivation of uh, the energy in New York City for Rick Pitino and St. John's basketball, and you're showing it again right now. Thank you. I mean, think about it. When was the last time that St. John's dominated the back pages of every newspaper (laughs) for an entire week, huh? Well, I've been here for four and a half years um, after 31 years in the business. And I can tell you, I don't, I've never experienced anything like it. And um, it's great. And, you know, to be relevant in New York is a, is a big deal. And, you know, local news here is national news. And so it's great. So we, obviously we want to speak about the, the, the hiring of, of Rick and how everything went down. But before we get started i want to speak about the landscape of saint john's athletics in general you know because Mm -hmm. a lot of the attention that goes on at saint john's is based on the basketball program but speak to me about where the landscape of the entire athletics is right now and where you see it Mm -hmm. going yeah, no, thanks for asking. Um, you know, for us in the Saint, at St. John's, a uh, member of the Big East Conference, so 11 schools, um, almost all like-minded, uh, centrally focused on the success of men's basketball, but all have, um, including us, a lot of success in a lot of other sports that people may not get the headlines about. Um, here at a women's tennis match right now, um, earlier today, and, and that's, you know, we have 17 sports, 340 student-athletes, very international in flavor, very national in flavor, and all competing in the Big East and ultimately in the NCAAs. We just came off uh, the NCAA fencing championships where we finished seventh in the country, had a national champion in men's saber, and had a, um, a runner-up in men's foil. And so, you know, great success, great program history there. Won national championships in men's soccer as well. And so we're, and and I think a lot of people did follow our women's basketball success this past year and head coach Joe Tartamella. And so the state of it is that, you know, it's it's, uh, trending upwards. We have a great, great collection of coaches. And and then, uh, as you noted, men's basketball, the success of that then could amplify everything, an entire university. My background, I was at Duke University for 31 years prior to coming here and saw the rise of a men's basketball program and what it can do for a university and an athletic department. And that's the vision we have for St. John's. Father Shanley, my boss, our president, has a similar background and vision uh, from his background at, at Providence College and you know certainly Rick Pitino now on board as our men's basketball coach 
is knows only one thing, and that's winning basketball. And and so we're excited to be all teamed up together. When you think about the generation of parents now, my age, I have a I'm a I'm a father of two boys, high school students. One's a sophomore, one's a senior. By the way, my oldest is going to go play football at Wagner. He would have gotten to St. John's, oh, but nice. we got the football program. That's true. Well, congratulations. That's that's awesome. Thank you. Um, when you think about my generation, we grew up with St. John's being a commuter school, for lack of a better term, right? Right. Yep. How do we, how do we look at St. John's now in 2023? How are the coaches on campus going about selling the university's athletics while selling the campus, which is so different now than it was when we were growing up. Right. Well, the biggest thing is that definitely not a commuter school anymore. We have about 3,000 beds in and around the campus at the university housing and, you know, a vibrant life on, on campus itself, a new um, health sciences center being built um, so about 12,000 undergrads and about 4,000 graduate students. And we have one of the top 75 business schools for undergrads in the country in the Tobin College of Business. And we have many other fields, Homeland Security, insurance, that are you know, among the, the top of their peers in, in the country. And so that vibrant life then translates to the success of, of all of our sports. So when you go to a Friday night and it's a soccer game, men's or women's, there's there can be up to a thousand students there, along with fans and parents. And so it's a it's a celebration, it's an event. And that's what I love about St. John's is the people. The people of St. John's love and support each other and love the school. Obviously a Catholic Vincentian um, education institution, but not only that. It's a, you know, an international in flavor. You can literally, as you know, see every color of skin, hear every language in our entire world, just like Queens is itself. And so St. John's is a great representation of living in Queens, living in New York City, and having a great life experience during your time here. One of the programs that we didn't mention that's been good for years is the baseball program. The softball yeah. program, you know, I've known Coach Guerrero many years since he was at Seton Hall. He re he's recruited a lot yep. of the kids that played for me in high school. Um, and yep. obviously, Dave Mazur is without a doubt the top coach in the country at his sport. But yep. we all know that the program that makes that university tick and the fiber of St. John's has always been basketball. Take me back to two weeks ago mm -hmm. when Coach Anderson was let go and you guys set eyes on who the next coach would be. Was it Rick Patino from Jump, or were there other candidates that you guys were assessing? Well, I, you have to always be in all the sports, but now we're talking about men's basketball. As the athletic director, you always have to have that proverbial list in your pocket that you're thinking about, you know, what's the right fit? Because you just never know on a day-to-day -day basis, you know, what's going to happen next. And you have to be ready. And so, of course, we had a list and then thoughts and, and observations. Um, but, you know, when you put all of the criteria together, and it was very firmly a 
search um, being led at the highest level of our university to speaking to the importance of the higher and Father Shanley, who I mentioned earlier, uh, certainly from the very ongoing outset, you know, had Rick Pitino in sight. We all did. And, and then the process unfolded, you know, behind closed doors. And the most important thing, it wasn't just our belief that he was the best candidate. It's his belief that St. John's was the best place for him. And, and that's what makes the match. Um, it's never a one-way street. And so building that relationship and hearing the vision that Coach Patino has for St. John's and then for him to hear and see the vision that Father Chanley has, that I have, you know, that's, that's what makes the match. And that's what's exciting about it is that the language is already, a, you know, a mutually shared of what we all feel we can win a national championship and, you know, this historic, iconic brand of basketball in New York City can, be, you know, reach the highest levels. When you sit there at that press conference, at what point did it hit you that Rick Pitino was the new head coach at St. John's? Did it hit you that moment? Did it hit you the day after? <laughs> no, it, it had hit me long before that. <laughs> I was the one behind the scenes, so... so I, <laughs> I, I would say what hit me that moment, and Rick has talked about it since, is how big a deal St. John's is and how big a deal Rick Pitino is. And I think that's the stuff you already know. But then when you experience it, what Rick told me and has shared with others is that when he was introduced as the Knicks coach, it wasn't half of as big as it was you know, on that Tuesday when we introduced him as the St. John's coach. And, you know, of course, some of that's just the times we live in, that everything's amplified. But I think his point was that it, it got an extraordinary amount of attention, you know, on ESPN Live. Um, you know, we, we did our part. We had billboards ready to go in Times Square, obviously outside the garden. You know, we, we wanted to amplify this big moment for St. John's. At the end of the day, we have a Hall of Fame coach, one of the all-time winningest coaches, has won at every level, every place, is now the St. John's coach. And that, my friends, does not happen every day. And so it is great, great stuff. At his press conference, he was very clear this roster was going to change from day one. When you look at the landscape of college basketball and the way the transfer portal has affected it, where guys can now go from year to year and play somewhere else, did you expect, we, there's been about seven or eight guys already enter the portal, guys who mm -hmm. have been at the university for a bunch of years, Posh Alexander, et cetera. Mm -hmm. Did you expect this to be so quickly? Were you guys... I guess the question is, as an athletic director, mm -hmm. do you guys are you guys okay with all the shifting that is going to occur when mm -hmm. a new head coach takes over like that? Or does it mm -hmm. look like it's a black eye on, on on the previous regime? Yeah, well, so for me, I've been in this business for a long time. And the last two years in particular, I've totally shifted all of college sports at the highest level between name, image, likeness, and the transfer portal. And so it's something that every coach, every player deals with and thinks about virtually every single day. And that comes with positives and it comes with negatives. And so throughout every day, 
there's always the conversation of, well, this kid may transfer. Oh, this coach may change jobs. What is this kid's NIL? What is this coach's business deal? All I'm very bullish and positive for all of the above. I mean, that's what college athletics is now. And so with that comes the, the challenging side that there's always change. And so whether the change is initiated by a coach or a new coach or it's initiated by a, a student athlete and his family, I'm good with that. And so Rick asked that very question of me, are you okay? Just like you just asked me. And my answer was the same. I am okay if that's what you decide is best for the basketball program that you are the head coach of. All I ask is that you and your staff um, allow each student athlete, every player to be able to speak um, and tell them, tell them your, their story to you. And so there's, you know, maybe some preconceptions um, that, you know, they should be allowed that opportunity. And I think the staff has done that and done what I've asked. And so I'm not surprised. Um, and, and again, it's a free market, if you will. So it's not just a coach with new ideas. It's players with new ideas, too, which, you know, has afforded that opportunity in the, in the game. It is now with basically a free transfer every year and NIL deals at every year. And so that's, I'm good with it, I guess is the short answer. I'm good with it. Okay. Soriano stayed, which was, I think, a big shot in the arm for what Coach Patino is going to want to do. Um, the NIL stuff with these players, is that more th – does that become now an easier decision because you can probably make more money with, in a lot of situations. A lot of these kids can make more money staying in college a fourth, fifth year than actually becoming pros. I mean, I saw the kid Babcock at North Carolina made the same decision. And if you're going to be a second-round pick in the NBA, you might make more money staying in college, right? Mm -hmm. uh, right now, that is definitely the potential market for young people. Uh, same with women's basketball in the WNBA. You're seeing some of the top players decide to stay in college. Um, I think that's that's what's um, why I'm bullish about about the the opportunity to monetize student athletes their their name their image their likeness, and so that's the free market you know that you know, we all live in, and so I'm I'm I am good with that um, you know where it leads the sustainability I mean those those are things that we as leaders in the business have to keep monitoring, figuring out, making better. Um, but, you know, it's the reality and it's not going to change and transfer portal is not going to change. And so you have to embrace it. And that's where, you know, a lot of credit to uh, Rick Pitino and others that have been in the business a long time. I'm one of those old guys too. You have to adjust. I mean, I'm saying all these things I can't even imagine saying 10 years ago and certainly not further along than that. Um, but that's, that's what you, that's what it is. And again, there's an extreme amount of positiveness to it. I'd say that thing that's hard for the game itself is that, you know, players going in and out one and done. Um, and one and done doesn't mean pro one and done means moving on. You just, you, you just have to, as an administrator and a coach, you have to 
understand that and focus on it every day. At the end of the day, you're still building a culture and, and support of our student athletes and, and a winning culture. And so, um, just the NIL part is a part of that. I think the one thing that transfer portal has done is it's given us a great or the greatest NCAA tournament in recent history, because now we're getting teams who are older and good playing against teams who are younger and more talented in certain aspects, right? So a team like Duke, Kentucky, they have the NBA guys, the top 10 McDonald's all American guys, but they can't compete with 22 and 23 year old men (laughs) Like they used, and I think that it's it's almost made college basketball better. Would you not think that? Um, I think the competitiveness and the overall talent level has definitely improved. I mean, remember the other thing to throw in the mix is that extra year of COVID, and so every single player that's still in the system has had an extra year of eligibility, and so I think that greatly changed the. Um, the equation as well. So now once that gets out of the system, I think we'll see it a little bit more normalized, but virtually every graduate, you know, that four year career graduate goes into graduate school, they're immediately eligible to transfer as well or go to grad school. And so that has definitely put 23 year olds, 24 year olds to your point in the game and for the betterment of the quality of the game. I agree with you. But it's still fascinating. Every every school has its story. The four Final Four teams all have their stories of how they got to where they are, and they're not all dominated by transfers. They're not all dominated by NIL, and so the parity is definitely comes back to who are the best coaches that can that can teach talent, build a culture, and and then happen to put the basket in the the ball in the basket more than the other team. But go back to the basics. <laughs> Yep, yep. Two more questions before we wrap sure. this up. Number one, are we going to play more games at the Garden? I know that Coach Patino mentioned yep. that, but there's a lot of logistics mm-hmm. that go into that, right? The first thing yeah. we got to do is St. John's fans got to show up. They have to show yeah. up, you know, and, and well, so it can't just be the same 7,000 people showing up to these games. Like, and, and And look, let's be honest. Sometimes I go to these games and I'm embarrassed that there's more – you know, Syracuse fans at a game or more Connecticut fans than St. John's. So like, we have to do more as fans so that it makes your job easier uh, scheduling more games there, right? Well, I mean, absolutely. It's a business. And so uh, we were already planning on more games. We had a good crowds this past year, definitely improved post-COVID. And now I can tell you that unequivocally, you know, we've already been putting uh, season ticket deposits. People can get their new season tickets. And I would say we're right now, I haven't got today's report, but we're well over 30% increase in our season ticket base from where we ended last year. And that's not insignificant. And so the excitement is very real about Rick Pitino, very real about St. John's basketball. At the end of the day, we have 190,000 alums in the tri-state area. And so reaching their attention and being relevant, you know, we took a big step towards that with hiring Rick Pitino. And so I suspect, and I'm hopeful, and I believe that we're going to have huge crowds at MSG. You know, we're hoping of being somewhere eight, seven, nine, somewhere in that range. You know, we have other 
venues available in UBS Arena, which uh, we were the first ones in there in the past and moving out towards Long Island and then filling up and selling out Carnesecca Arena. So, you know, we have a lot of excitement ahead and our schedule will come out in the summer, but people can already put their deposits down and people are putting their deposits down. Last thing for me, the, mm-hmm. the a lot of the fan base on social media uh, the last couple of days have obviously seen the the amount of guys that have left the program, mm-hmm. but you know pretty soon it's going to be the reverse, right? Guys committing, guys right. that coaches getting. Do you yep. how close in contact are you on a day to day basis with Coach Patino? as far as the construction of the roster, not in terms of getting involved, because I know that's not your job, but just in terms of wanting to keep, uh, you know, abreast of the situation of where it's going, and can you uh, let us know if we're going to get any commits soon? (laughs) Well, um, there are still some NSA rules around recruiting, so I can't talk about any specifics. But (laughs) to your main point about um, Coach Patino and the staff, the whole staff, They've been on the road. You know, they've got visits in home. They've been observing practices. We have official visits coming on campus. You know, it's a, a, um, a really, really busy period. And in the transfer portal world, that goes across the country. And so I'm very confident we're going to have a great roster. I'm very confident that Rick Pitino will put together the team and the style of play that he is you know, very comfortable in and knows can win and how he teaches. And so I, I don't follow all the social media stuff, but I can tell you that um, I'm very confident that we will have a championship level roster and play when it's all said and done. Mr. Craig, I appreciate you jumping on mm-hmm. with me. You are a yeah. gentleman and a scholar. <laughs> I and I, is it the liner? No, but I do appreciate you taking time to come on. Yeah, no, I appreciate it. It's good to talk to you, Sergio. I appreciate your enthusiasm, your passion for sport. Um, you know, that's what I have, too. I, I love sport and what it does for young people and college and education. And that is the reminder of all of us that that's what the, these young people are doing. They're being educated. They're getting life experience. And they're competing at the highest level with a lot of attention. Pretty cool stuff. I'll see you over the summer on campus. Sounds great. Look forward to it. Take care. That was St. John's Athletic Director Mike Craig, and you've been listening to the Sergio Rodriguez Show, a show unlike any other.